Hall sports all plays. Yeah. Hall sports all plays. Hall sports all plays. We're making a place. You're talking the game, get you to the days. We're hiding the court, the diamond the lane. Variety topics, living the same. Authentication, sports information. In the airways, taking the nation. All sport, all plays. They're working your faces. Grace at the field, so tie the laces. All sports, all plays. Welcome back to He's on Fire podcast presented by ASAP Sports, All Sports, All Play Network. And we have a celebrity joining us, Mr. Matthew Lissy. Matthew, how are we doing, my friend? <laughs> really good. I'm a celebrity, huh? <laughs> yeah, us, yeah. I wanted to ask that the picture you had um, of me to the little promo thing. Was that from my dating profile? Where was that from? Or was that from? Yeah, that, that was match.com actually. Oh, Jay is it? Joyce okay. found it. Yeah, okay. we're, we're really lucky. <laughs> right, cool. Very awesome, man. Well, happy to be uh, here. Thank you so much. Uh, JJ, how you doing, bro? Uh, I'm doing good. You know, I'm tired putting up Christmas decorations, work, you know, all that shit. So, same old, same old. Well, I'm glad you had the time and energy to make it. I'm it. How are we doing, my friend? Man, I'm struggling, man. I'm tired. Tuesday nights are, are when I hoop. And so we, we went an extra two, maybe one or two games more than I should have went last night. What's up, Philly? Got, boy. What's up, Philly? And I got home late, tired. There's no Suns game. There's no Cardinals game to keep me energized in the middle of the week. And so yeah. you know, trying to get to Friday. We're all hitting that December slump, that that big buildup to Christmas. So a uh, few couple points real quick before we get into it. I usually do my words of wisdom at the end, but while we have the majority of, of our listeners at the beginning, I just want to go back out and say uh, my words of wisdom for the day are I challenge everybody listening to go out and help somebody through the holidays. I'm going to be saying this through every podcast. Go out, try and help a family. There's plenty of Facebook groups and different things in the community you guys can go to and go and help a family, help maybe donate some presents or a Christmas tree, something along those lines. And if anybody here listening on the podcast needs a little help for Christmas, uh, can't afford maybe some gifts for even the wife, but but the kiddos especially, if the kids are having uh, some issues and you guys need help with some presents or something like that, let us know. Everything is fully confidential. We'd love to help everybody out for Christmas because it is the most wonderful time of year, except if you're a Phoenix Suns fan living outside of the Valley Market. Why is that? Because we don't get any respect. Now, I've Listen to all the podcasts. I've listened to everybody say, and me and Matthew said it when he invited me on the other night, like we really don't care what the national media says. But you know what? The national media actually does have quite a bit of sway. They really do. That's where I got the majority of my basketball intellect, you know, in the early 2000s, obviously before social media and all the variety of podcasts you can get to. But they do have a lot of sway when a dad is watching a game and their sons are listening to it. You know what I mean? They actually influence a lot. So it's why we talk about it. I mean, you heard John Voida the other day talking about uh, who Mark Jackson talking against the, the Warriors game. Like, it's really annoying. It's really, really annoying. So we touched on it briefly. Matthew, you don't take a lot of stock into this, do you? Like hearing what everybody else is saying. Does it add a chip to your shoulder, Matthew? You know what? Before, I, I didn't care. I I just brushed it off. I'm just like, you know what? Why does it matter so much what these guys say? Um, it doesn't affect the Suns because they're such a humble team. They go out there, they play every game. They don't care what other people think. Obviously, Mikael Bridges says we don't give a 
like give a fuck really. Oh, can you curse on this podcast? Uh, go for it. Is that okay? okay. Shit, shit, yeah. Go <laughs> fucking wild, out. bro. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I agree with that, but then I kind of changed my mind because I was talking to a friend at work, and like you said, the media, yeah, it does affect a lot of the outsiders, what they're hearing about the Suns, you know, and it, it, it hits a big market with the free agency too. Free agency, when it comes to right now, I feel like a lot of players, of course, when signing Jay Crowder, getting Chris Paul here, it's those players that you want to bring in. So I think, now that the Suns are done with their 18-game win streak and we went through all the negativity about still no respect, I guess it does affect that. I didn't really think about that too much and how the free agency and these guys that want to come play with Devin Booker and Chris Paul, it might affect that too. But I still don't care. But from the outside, it makes sense. I want people to know about the Suns. I, know, I want them to know about them worldwide. I want Booker to sell more jerseys than LeBron James. I want stuff like that to happen for this team to get that respect for those reasons. I think the respect thing though, I was just like, I don't, I'm not worried about too much because I know this team can get back to the playoffs and win without having that. So I'm kind of wishy-washy on it, honestly, now. I mean, I, I hope we don't have to talk about it too much going f- uh, further in the season, but I feel like it's going to be a thing that happens all season long. I completely agree. And I think it's okay to a point. And the more we prove it, the the more everybody's going to shut up. Right. I think that's I think that's definitely going to happen. I think Devin Booker is going to get to his all star game and not have to have somebody get injured to do so. I mean, we're talking about Devin Booker and Chris Paul and MVP conversations. So I think that's slowly going to evolve. And it all started with that eight. No bubble run. How crazy that just a little more than a year ago, about 15 months, 15 months ago at this point. Uh, But moving on to actual Phoenix Suns basketball, Matthew, we seem to be kind of a powerhouse. (laughs) regardless of who is in who's out things just seem to go well because of the brand that Monty wants to play what do you see as far as weaknesses with this team though is it more depth Uh, is it defense not enough three-point shooting what do you think this is uh, if we have a weakness the one weakness I can think of really is maybe Monty playing a little bit too much of like Nader Things like that, little things that might happen in that way. I think Monty's done a better job of calling timeouts when it's crucial times. That yeah. was one thing last year where he just struggled with. He's doing a better job with that. But just playing players too long, uh, taking out the starters too early, things like that. Um, but the big thing really, it just maybe, I don't even want to go here, but maybe just DeAndre Ayton's play to be more of the guy when Booker's out now, you don't really expect Chris Paul to really put up the numbers to match what Booker did on the court. So I kind of was looking forward to like Aiden, you know, taking over, being more dominant. And we can talk about, you know, the players not getting more involved, but I just saw some things and I'm released. There's an article coming out tomorrow on Brightside. Just like, is Aiden really actually learning a lot on the court as we go along? Is, is, are there things he's still missing? I just I want him to step up in a way to where he can be that guy for Phoenix when Booker's out. You know, Chris Paul is fantastic. He's MVP candidate, but I really want uh, DA to step up big time. So maybe that's like the only thing I really can pay attention to that's a weakness. It's hard with this team, right? I, I agree. That is definitely a hot take, though, with DeAndre Ayton. He's on fire! I really like that. Jay Joyce, yeah. if you were to give the Phoenix Suns a weakness, two weaknesses, whatever it may be in your mind, what would you say that it was? Uh, I would definitely say uh, the size component. Uh, that's what killed us last year. And, uh, like, yeah, we have JaVale McGee now, but we have Kaminsky hurt. We have Dario hurt. And we don't have Tory Craig anymore. So, like, uh, we're still missing that 
uh, that height advantage. Uh, but uh, DA has been, uh, you know, kind of being fed the ball more in the paint. He's been a little better on the short roll. Uh, and he's been uh, getting, uh, you know, the looks and uh, the trust from others that uh, he can put the uh, uh, the ball in the hole. So um, I, I just I think as long uh, like with the year progressing and stuff, he's going to get more trust in those situations and stuff. I don't think the San Antonio game should uh, kill his whole uh, uh, like everything he put together because yeah. he was just getting swatted uh, like uh uh, he was just getting stripped every time he grabbed the ball. You know, it's all about learning, and that's really what the – yeah, like we're a quarter in the season uh, already. You know, he's going to learn. He's going to know how to bring the ball up, keep it up high, and just turn, put it in, and uh, keep it like that. What, what you just said right there, keep it up high, I feel like that was something he was doing really, really good in the playoffs, whether it was off a, off a rebound yeah. or or a turnover or whatever. It just it seemed like he always kept it high, came down, didn't go down. He just kept it there and then just went right back up with it. And that's a very good point. That's something that I personally coach players to do, and I haven't really caught on to that. So good call. Amit, Phoenix Suns weaknesses, what do you got? All right, so I'm going to start with a little live meme. You can't play Nader if he's hurt all the time. Right. So that's true. That's a good thing. Right. I mean, if he's out, that means more minutes for bridges. Um, you know, the weakness on this team, it, we're, we kind of see it with Booker out. Like, who's the next guy uh, who's going to consistently score? Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I just, you know, you think it's going to be Aiden, and sometimes he gets nine touches in it or he gets nine field goal attempts in a game. And you're like, he was eight for nine or whatever it was. Why didn't he get more in the fourth quarter? Um, I think we saw it in, in the last game where they, they trust, but at least Chris Ball trusted him when he put on that, that fancy spin move. He did a couple other dribble drives. Like, I think, you know, him catching it and dropping it. I mean, it's a civil war with Suns Twitter on if he, like, it's so funny because <laughs> half you guys were like, Aiden had an awesome game. And the other half was like, Aiden played like shit. And I'm like, I'm somewhere in the middle going, I mean, yeah, he's got to improve on things, but like, everybody does right like i mean he not everybody's perfect in, in everything he can definitely cannot put the ball on the ground though in the paint like that that yeah. always is trouble for him that's something uh, he needs to work on yeah he definitely has to work on that um you know i think the other thing is i think chris paul's playing too many minutes um if you go back and look Ooh. at the last game chris paul played like 36 minutes mikhail yeah, played like 29 enough. if you pull it up he's um, heating up it's it's he's got it he's got to play less minutes campaign has got to play more consistently to allow monty to give um chris paul rest um or he's got to shift it to to um to shamit because i think shamit has playmaking ability um mm -hmm. if you want to give him the ball and bring it up um that's another way to go because i think campaign has shown the ability to be a spot-up shooter and either or or a dribble drive off the off the closeout so they have options there right and and i think i don't know what it is with shamit and, and campaign but they i think they're both playing a little bit too fast or a little bit to yeah you're trying to get make trying the most too hard yeah they're, they're trying to make the most out of their minutes and they got to just slow down and just kind of read it read it a little better because um there was a stat i don't have the number in front of me but there was some stat where a shamit and um i think it's shamit or campaign or uh or sorry, shamit or campaign with uh javel mcgee are in like the top five percentile and pick and roll in terms of like points per pick and roll so mm -hmm. They, they, they're you just got to get it to McGee. Like that guy's so available all yeah. the time. He's you know, um, the only other weakness, and we may be able to cover it up, you know, the first, second round of the playoffs. But when we get deeper in, we're going to need a small ball five because that drop coverage we're playing right now with, with Aiton isn't going to work. 
And we can't play that drop coverage with McGee because they'll they'll burn us with a second unit if they have a good unit. Mm-hmm. So it's either, you know, we need Tory Craig, we need Thaddeus Young, or we need Dario to come back, or we need Frank to come back and play the at the level he played before he left. I don't expect him to play at that level. That was that's like regular season, Frank. We're not gonna get that in the playoffs. So, you know, <laughs> so so we gotta figure that part out. Um that's a that's like a championship level problem though. That's not like a Oh, this team needs that right so, now. Like, you know, are, are we being are we being petty then, or are these legitimate weaknesses? These are legitimate weaknesses for this championship team. Seeing what we saw last year in the finals. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. yeah, forget about my eight and take. All right, <laughs> I mean, what you said exactly. Like that's that's an actual weakness. Mine is just mine was petty. <laughs> for for me it's been the rebounding and we're currently 23 in the league and yeah. total rebounding like when we played and we beat golden state the first time i think we got out, out rebounded by like 12 to 14 rebounds something like that and i just remember they just got offensive rebound after offensive rebound and they're the smaller team why aren't we dominating on the boards i don't know if all of that is can be said it's due to dario and frank being out a lot of it has to do with hustle and energy but you know the month of november was really hard on those guys they played every other day they played what 18 games in 30 days or 16 games in 30 days something ridiculous and the most amount of back-to-backs to date we're not playing the most throughout the season just to date so far and that's early in the season after a shortened off season the other thing for me you guys is just overall consistency not necessarily with rotations though i completely agree with you matthew i think some of the rotations have been iffy or shoddy for lack of better terms, but overall consistency campaign. Ahmed, you brought it up. Campaign's got to be more consistent. Cam Johnson went through a, a peak and Valley streak and he's just been doing that this season. And we can't be catching these teams in the playoffs when we're going through that. Now, again, this is just a quarter, a third of the way through the season. We are nitpicking, but we're, we've seen enough of this team where we can start analyzing what are, what are the weaknesses? So on the flip side, Matthew, what are the strengths and things that we can even build upon to make it even a, a greater success? Oh, before, before I did that, I think John had a great point here. Weakness, free throw shooting, 77.5%, yes, 16th in the really league after two historically great yeah. seasons. That is true. That is one thing on the telecast even Mark Jackson would mention is how good we were free throw shooting. Got to tighten that up. So, Matthew, things that we can build on that are strengths right now, what are you thinking? Uh, well, one thing is playing without Devin Booker, right? We know we can play without our superstar on the team. So anybody that goes out, even Frank Kaminsky, how hot he was having a career year within two games with the Phoenix Suns and then gets hurt and he's out. We can still replace him, still go on a winning streak. Uh, when Aiton was out earlier this year, you're still winning games. Let him rest even more to heal his injury. Then he can come back when he's ready. You don't have to rush these guys back if they do get hurt because last year, we really didn't have any injuries till of course the playoffs started the first game against the Lakers. Chris Paul gets hurt. Like we were so lucky last season. Now you can see the injuries starting to pile a little bit. Um, I like that. That's, that's something that we can build upon there. Uh, I also think that, you know, the, the crunch clutch time, crunch mm. or clutch time, whatever it is, the last five minutes of the Suns. Uh, first, they are just, they're getting it done in every, every way. I think the way that they're playing team ball, it's never Booker ball. It's never Chris Paul really trying to take over as much as he used to even last year. I think he, he's evolved to not, not Chris Paul, but Booker evolved to getting his teammates more involved, being more of a playmaker in time of, you know, in the clutch time, but also Chris Paul 
finding everybody and trusting everybody. He has trust. You brought up Landry Shamba before. He has trust in even him bringing the ball up, uh, setting up the offense. Those are new things that you're seeing from the Suns. So I think the trust is something that they they have this year. And it makes more sense, right? Because Chris Paul has been here. This is his second year. You can see him and Aiden starting to actually be on the same page, which has really kind of been yeah. under the radar a little bit to where there he's not, Aiden is not as confused. They still talk a lot. Uh, Chris Paul still seems like he still gets on him a lot during the games, but their pick and roll and things like that. As long as Aiden isn't, isn't not that he's lazy, but if Aiden is hitting the right spots, getting to his spots, then Chris Paul doesn't have a problem. But you see a lot now with the trust with this team that you can you can build upon that for forever. That's why we'll talk about the trades in a little bit. It's going to be hard to even give up anybody. And I, I know we don't like Nader. I know that. I don't know. I, mean, I like Nader, Smith, Matt. You I do? Like oh, do you like Nader? Yeah. Okay, you're a Nader fan? I think he's the one. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's fine. I mean, He's a solid like, defender, but like, we can definitely improve. In, I, I, I would take Nader work, over Payton. Much shit. I would take Nader, Nader over, over Alfred Payton. Yes. Yeah. See, I don't. I liked Alfred Payton when he filled in for Cameron Payne a little bit. I thought he did a good enough job. To get see that. That's what I said. That Ahmed looked at him sideways. I don't know. But well, I like that we disagree. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah that's my the answer. Box plus minus on those on those t- minutes when he's in, he scores and he looks good on defense. But the, yeah. he slows the game down. See, I don't. I don't look at the box, the plus minus ever. I just look at what I see. And they all look at the the box score after, mm. like, what? That's not what I saw. And it's always like almost opposite. So I usually go off of what I see and. I don't know, Alfred Payton. I just, I just don't dislike him like I do Nader. But Nader is good. He's fine. It's just you're trying to find a player on here that you kind of don't like as much. He's the guy down on the on the list. Com- I completely agree with all those takes, except for the Alfred Payton one. His okay. on-ball defense continues to astound me. He is so quick at his reaction speed. His foot speed is so quick. I love his on-ball defense. I feel like when he gets in the game, he's definitely a guy that's trying a little too hard, trying to get those extra minutes. I don't blame him. I would probably be doing the same thing. I know I did in high school. I sure as hell did that. I tried way too hard sometimes. Yeah, but you don't have to. You 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 don't have to get buckets to show your coach that you're you're showing effort. You know what I mean? He he goes he goes one on one way too much. Like if he played in the offense, I do agree. Even with if that. the guy missed a shot. Right, he's making the right play. He's making sure. the offense like what the offense is doing. He's not doing that, dude. He's going to the rack and trying to score. Absolutely, absolutely. Just like our boy Abdel Nader, he is a complete True. black hole on offense. I'm, I'm not sure what Monty sees in him. I really don't. I get it's the athletic wing. He <laughs> likes the six six to six eight guys to be out there, guys that can move their feet, and and he does move his feet. He is pretty good on defense. I don't think anybody will say otherwise. But man, he is one hundred percent a black hole. But clutch time was my big thing. The clutch time has been very very mm-hmm. impressive, and that's during times where if you guys saw the last game against the Spurs, they were really ding up Chris Paul the second he crossed half court. That was something that Chris Paul struggled with when he, when he had Drew Holiday guarding him against Milwaukee in the finals. We had problems getting into sets, and finally it leaves Chris Paul's hands, and there's only 12 seconds left on the shot clock, 11, 10, or if it was Booker doing that. And now in clutch time, when that's happening, they're finding different ways. They're doing exactly what I did when teams did that. If you guys saw last night, they're bringing guys up past three-point uh, past the three-point line to the logo, setting double screens so Chris Paul can go one way or the other, and the other guy just fills in while they just have a pick and roll that side. So they're figuring it out. The clutch time is definitely something to build on. And one thing that's really going unnoticed that Chris Paul is playing like Oklahoma City Chris Paul. 
meaning he's not taking over games. He's getting all these young guys looks early too. He's making sure that they're starting to feel comfortable. Cam Johnson, you're hot. Let's try to get you it. Let's try to get you it more. Oh, campaign comes in. Let's get it over to him. You know, he's feeding everybody here and then he'll take over in the fourth quarter. And he did that last year, but this year feels more like OKC Chris Paul when they got up to, what was it? The the sixth or the seventh position in the, in the, in the West. So it's been really impressive to me to watch that and watch them grow and he got, I think Chris Paul personally got Cam Johnson out of his slump by just keep feeding him, yeah. feeding him, yeah. and feeding yep. him. And he's just the point guy. He sees those things. Ahmet, give me a, a couple strengths for this team. Yeah. I mean, the strengths are all over the place. Like this team can win so many different ways. Um, you know, they could beat you from the outside, they can beat you from the inside if you're small. Um, they, they just, they can run and they can play slow. I think that's the thing. And I'm going to steal this take from the timeline, guys. Um, they, this team last year, Chris Paul treated every game like a playoff game. He slowed it down. The pace, they were, I think they were like 24th or something in pace last year. And he treated every possession as if he was a, is a teaching moment for everybody else. This is how we play when the game slows down. Then when they got to the playoffs, they were clutch. They knew what to do. There wasn't any like uncertainty on, on what's happening. This season, they're playing faster. I think their pace is like fourth. And, and Chris Paul has to do less. He's doing less because guys like Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, they're playmaking a little bit more or rather than just like kicking it out and swinging it around, going back to Paul for him to create. It's more like I'm going to settle for the mid range or, or I'll, I'll find a lob or I'll find a cutter. Um, you guys remember Cam Johnson's pass to Aiden at the end of that Spurs game? Oh, oh, wow. oh yeah. wasn't that beautiful? But it was but it was a hard look. I mean, it's a hard pass to make. Yeah. That's, a, you know? that's a tough angle. Yeah. Yeah. He got away with that one though. That, that was so oh, yeah. but well, I mean, I didn't think anybody was gonna yeah, uh, the fact that Aiden caught it was a miracle, right? I mean, yeah, it, there you go. Something. Yeah, yeah, especially that game. So I mean <laughs> this, team is, this team is is borderline um historic, in my opinion. Oops. Um we'll have to wait and see what they do over the course of these like more competitive okay. games. Okay, you said bottom uh, you said historic or close to historic. Borderline historic, yes. Why? And, uh, and in what terms? That That's a hot take for sure. I, I think this team can win a lot, a lot of games. A lot of games. Um, I think their defensive and offensive efficiency is different. Booker, so, so Booker has led the league in points per touch this season and so far last year, last season and so far this season. Meaning he's touching the ball less than he's ever had in his career and he's scoring more points. So um, this is a, a shout out to the, t- the timeline podcast. Again, there's a stat that they pulled up. Booker is ranked 94th. I saw that touchdown. today. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's guys like Royce O'Neal, like these, these like other guys that get the ball more than he does. He's almost at Clay Thompson's levels of efficiency at this point. So, so is that, see, I feel like that's uh, JJ. I want to get to you, but I got to touch on this point. I feel like that's by design. Yeah. I feel like they do these things by design. We did not see a lot of drop coverage defense last year. No, I feel like it's by design. You play drop coverage when you're tired too. That's, that's your easy defense. Cause you're not switching it. Switching is hard. Switching. Everything is hard, especially for yeah. centers going out on, on any guard or any perimeter player. So I Just feel like the- that's on money. And I, I feel he's playing chess again and we're all he's- sitting here playing checkers. Yeah, and 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 the counters that he's built into some of the the so if you see some of the 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 Spain pick and rolls like they push it further out where they're setting Mikhail a pick, um, Mikhail setting a pick for Chris Paul close to the to the half half court line and then they're yeah, going into yeah. pick and roll. 
Um, yeah. You know, they're, they're doing a lot of like empty corners. Shout out to David Nash. It's another thing that they're doing an empty corner on, on the Spain pick and roll or the elbow 52 or 51 plays. They've added 51, which is Aiden and, and CP3 setting screens for each other and moving out to the three point line. They're just doing, they have counters to everything. And I'm, I don't they're think just... they're showing everything that they've made yet. That's what I'm saying. I no. think that we're seeing a You're work right. in progress off a team that's already been to the finals knows what it takes to win and they've really like th that's why i say it's historic because i think like we're seeing a team that can go on at least a two or three or four year run oh mi minimum mm -hmm. minimum and i and in three four five years from now guys like De'Aaron fox Dejounte murray and all these stud point guards on losing teams they're gonna get tired of losing at some point too and who knows what the future holds for them um i got a i got a fun game of would you rather phoenix sun style coming up but before we do that jj strengths of this team what have you been seeing and what can we build off of uh, I think what's more apparent uh, this year uh, than uh, last year, why don't you play an Uno and a Checkers? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, what's more apparent this year than last year is that our primary scorer doesn't need to have the ball in his hand uh, for even half of the game, really. Like, uh, we're finding the, uh, the better shot uh, just about every possession. You, like, Cam Johnson is usually open on the wing or Mikhail in the corner or Mikhail slashing down the middle uh, DA with a mismatch. Like, like we can practically score in three different ways about uh, just about every time uh, we bring the ball up and uh, CP three uh, just uh, can uh, like conducting the offense and him not necessarily forcing himself into situations that causes him to pick up his dribble or the ball hit him in the leg, which is the most annoying shit ever that, like, that's happened yeah. a lot less this season good call yeah it, it's happened a lot less and he's yeah like i totally agree with you uh he's playing more like okc chris paul and stuff and uh like when he needs to turn on the jets he will and it like it's just crazy how clutch his team is like like we have like five uh players in the top six of like uh, like a uh, clutches yeah yeah it's our entire starting lineup then wendell Car uh carter jr i believe was the uh, the other guy and no one really talks about him like that but uh yeah it's just like um what uh what i've seen uh more this year is da being more present uh, he's been more uh showy uh through the first 25 games than uh than cp just uh doing what he needs to do and not overdoing it and uh eventually our bench is going to start uh start to click i do agree that uh campaign and shamit are kind of like on 10 and everybody else is at six and it's just hard to like uh get anything going with two guys going full speed and uh javel mcgee just you know trying to get the mismatch get into a spot and just uh, try to do whatever and hopefully campaign and shamit start to click because i think that duo can be deadly on the bench and plus i want to start using champagne uh and anytime yes. them to uh, <laughs> do something together so uh but yeah like uh if you compare the first 25 games last season to right uh uh to this season it's two completely different teams and it's kind of weird to say with uh, we practically brought back everybody uh, except for two additions and like the, this team is just a lot better and, and we can just score regardless of who has the ball, which is probably the deadliest thing you can have in the NBA. And probably uh, it, th this hasn't been a thing since probably the prime uh, Golden state run. Like, um, like it just, everybody can, everybody has the green light. Everybody has the cap uh, capability to score 
and Every, almost everybody can switch outside of JaVale. Yeah, yep. exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. so a lot of strengths to this team, a few weaknesses. The weaknesses are not glaring, but they're definite. They're there. That takes us to trade deadline and a little game of I want to play of who would you rather have? And I want to start with Matthew over here. Uh, first, actually, first I want to shout out uh, everybody in the chat. Uh, John, thanks for tuning in, and we'll get you on sometime. I'm sure we will. Uh, Justin, he's too busy for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's too busy. Too Justin busy, from man. Fanning the Flames, uh, appreciate you coming by too. Uh, yeah. Roy, and we saw a couple others in the chat. Sure, Iverson Roy. Vlogs, uh, thanks for coming by. So trade deadline. The most wonderful time for any any franchise, especially for Suns fans who did nothing but try to get Eric Bledsoe out for I don't know how many years I hated him playing. And so when he sent that tweet, <laughs> I don't want to be here, I was so thankful. So thankful. And then the one trade deadline when we sent out Dragic and we got in Brandon Knight, you know, it's always a plethora of weird ass moves that we've had ever since Jerry Colangelo left. But this year seems to be some good targets. My personal two favorites, Matthew Lizzie. Lizzie, would you rather have Tory Craig or Robert Covington? Oh, that's actually really good. I didn't hear the Robert Covington one yet. Is that something that's going around? It's yeah. starting to go around. And <laughs> Is pick it? Up and okay. I, a, about a week and a half ago, I said it here, and I was like, that's a guy I think we should look at. Look at teams that are imploding, and all of a sudden, they're the, the Pacers and Blazers both seem to imploding. He's on a one-year deal. He's playing the least amount of minutes and putting yeah. up the least amount of points since his rookie year, which he only played seven games. So I don't really count that one. Okay, well, I don't know. It's tough because Torrey Craig, the thing that he has, of course, he was a fan favorite. So he comes back here. It's a feel-good story again for the Suns. I mean, you couldn't have enough of those last year, and then you can have it again this year. He can come back. I know he already won his ring. Basically, with the Bucks. Uh, because the Bucks did beat the Suns, of course, and then he gets the ring because he played with them earlier that year. But I like Tory Craig coming back. Um, I mean, if we're gonna go through other names, that's fine. But I'm I'm a big believer in just really keeping this group together. I know you do need the four spot. You need help on the wings. It would be nice to have that. But Tory Craig's a guy. If anybody, I would love to have back on this team just for that. I mean, he saved us a lot last year in the playoffs and in the finals. Yeah. He a lot of plays like when you thought they were done, he would go and. The hustle he had really to keep the Suns in the games coming off the bench, it was something he brought almost every night. So mm -hmm. I would love to have that back with the Suns. But I love this core, man. I think it's a lot like last year where we will basically ride how far DeAndre Ayton takes us, how far Mikael Bridges takes us. They're both improving. Um, but I really think like once DA got past the trade deadline last year, then you saw him kind of just lead the team in a way to where they would win in the playoffs based off how he was playing. So I really think that's all it is. And there's always like, oh, we're missing one piece. I thought that earlier in the season, it's like there's one more piece. But then last year I always said the one piece is just an improved Aiden, an Aiden that can play to the level we know he can play at. So I really think it's that again this year. It might just be that, but Tory Craig is my simple answer. There you go. <laughs> I'm at Tory Craig or Rocco. Tory, come home. Come home. <laughs> we want you. Hopefully we can get you on a buyout market. Is it recency bias? Okay. No, you remember saying that like way, like many podcasts ago. I was saying, Tory Craig, we got to be on the watch because he's playing like four minutes a game. Um, you, yeah. You I, I, I think it's just the continuity of bringing him back. And he knows, he knows how we play. He knows what he needs to do. Um, and he was shooting the three really well for us. Yeah. Um, 
the Rocco thing. So I, I just I was looking at his stats. I mean, if you can get the Rocco from the Sixers and Timberwolves, then I can see that if he can fit in. But this guy has sucked the last two years in Blazers, and I don't know if it's a programmatic thing or what. It's it's um, a, it's for sure a Blazers thing, like for sure. But uh, I, mean, I mean, he was wasn't Rocco mostly playing like the five two when yeah, he yeah. was in Houston. Yeah, it was awesome. So, I loved it. I mean, I, I mean, that's one of the things that I did like about him. Like, I feel like he could definitely step in and do that. He does bring a little bit more of a mean streak than Torrey Craig, but I haven't watched every single Rocco game yeah. out there. I, I personally want Rocco just to see it, but Torrey Craig, I, I think, would be the better fit because it's more plug and play, just as you said, Amit. So keep going. And and he shoots a higher percentage. Uh, Torrey Craig shoots a higher percentage from three. This year, uh, he – uh Rocco shooting 34.8%. So um Craig I think with us was like 39 or something like that. I mean, I just think it's I think that's I think that's a move. Craig Craig on a buyout, on a buyout. Yeah. Craig won us that Clippers series with Paul he George. Played, Paul George was defense. ready. Yeah. Paul George was going to go off in the fourth quarter. In comes Tory Craig, plays the entire fourth quarter of game 6, shuts him down, we win. End of story. Jay Joyce, Tory Craig or Rocco? Uh, I'm conflicted because I, uh, I I really like Rocco. Uh, he's a really solid player. I um, like Portland again, wasting another talent. But uh, like what Ama said earlier, you know, we need a small ball five, and Robert Covington isn't necessarily that. He's just another Javale McGee like player. Uh, and like Tory Craig, to recent memory, is probably the most impactful son in such a short amount of time. Tim Thomas, probably. Yeah, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm going Tim uh, Thomas. <laughs> uh, oh no! Oh, oh no! But like, I love Tory Craig. Uh, Tory Craig. I was huge fan. I was all about it when he first came, and he was just impactful right right out the gate. And it, it's just hard not to like forget uh, the everything that he did, especially in the Clippers series, and uh, just some of the like highlights that he had uh, just in like six months of him being here. Uh, I mean, so. if, I, if, if I say Tory Craig alley-oop, you know exactly what play I'm talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The kids freaking out yeah. in the crowd. Everybody's just <laughs> like, oh. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you, you have to go with Tory Craig. Uh, and I think that answer is pretty conclusive. Uh, John might be the only one that really remembers or, or Amit. Would you say Tim Thomas in his short stint had more of an impact than Torrey Craig did? I think he did. I mean, I think the, I think the older Suns fans would say, if you say Tim Thomas step back, we all know what you're talking about, right? Yeah. In La La Land. Sure. Yep. In yeah. Staples Center. His first game back, he had like, he had yeah. 20 points for us. And that was yeah. the year Amari was out too. So I got, I got to go Timmy T. It was a shame we couldn't, we couldn't keep him, but we weren't, we weren't going to be able to keep him. Um, I figured that one would go a little bit longer, so I got one more for you guys. Would you rather, Matthew Lissy, have Thad Young or Larry Nance Jr.? Oh, I'm a big Larry Nance fan. I actually really am. I wanted him last year for the Suns. Um, Thad Young, the weird thing now is we've seen him twice play against the Suns, and last time they played him, he just he didn't look too good. But I, I don't buy too much into that because of the situation he's in. The situation is you know, the, the Spurs are kind of rebuilding. They're trying to build something else there. He's kind of on his own little planet. He's trying to get out of there. So you're not going to get the best play from him. I would say either, but I don't know. I, 
I mean, I, I like know. Larry Nance Jr. Just <laughs> I'm going to go like, Larry Nance. I'm going to go Larry Nance. I mean, just because of his dad, right? Wouldn't that be kind of a fun story, just that and alone? Maybe it would inspire yeah, him a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know. He's such a soft. I love everything that he does on the court. He, I think he's very, very underrated. Uh, he can excel in this offense. Defensively, I think he's pretty solid. So I'm going to go Larry Nance, man. JJ, is that your is that your take, Larry Nance? Um, before I answer that, I did see another trade proposal. Uh, I'll answer your question, but I'm just going to tell you what it was, and it can actually work. And I, I'm actually interested to see what you three th- think. So, uh, Dario Saric, Jalen Smith, Alfred Payton, and two first round picks for Karis Levert. Uh, way but, too uh, much. Way I too much. Yeah. I, I like I like where you're going with that, but I even saw something where we could possibly get Eric Gordon on a buyout market too. I would rather wait and try to get it Eric Gordon as opposed to doing that. I mean, I like where the head is. I like where you're going with that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, man, so I think I would do Larry Nance. Um, uh, he's solid, and you know he's he does what he's asked, and plus his dad, you know, he has ties here. Yeah. You're, you're getting burned in the chats. Justin says no. Darth says no way. <laughs> hey, I, I just saw it. Like, like it ain't me. I swear to right. God. <laughs> I, like, I, I love, I love Lavert. I love Lavert. Boy, that's too much to to get him. Yeah, yeah. Amit. All right. Um. So this is a this is a little bit more complex, right? Because Dad Young's thirty three. So if he's coming here, it's a one year thing, right? We're expecting I mean, he really that he has to decline. What's that? He's really 33? He's 33. Yeah. I just looked Damn. it up. He, um, so so you're expecting to, that you're going to get prime Thad Young when we haven't seen that in a, a little bit, right? So we haven't seen that since the previous year with the Bulls. I, I mean, he, he could have declined. He could have just you know be, been caught up in the system. Um, do, do you guys know what Larry Nance Sr.'s jersey was when he played for the Suns? Wasn't it 22? Who wears that for the Suns right now? Yeah. Eight. Mm. So it'd be cool to see Nance in that jersey. Um, I, you know, and I, I'm pretty – what is he? Like, he's under 30, I'm sure, right? So yeah, the I'll thing is, he's, a, he's a, probably a one and, one and done, too. He's going to probably earn his money and, and go to, on another team. I just – we haven't seen him in the playoffs. I, I trust Thad Young just of his experience, so I'd go Thad Young. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a wrong answer at all. Uh, Larry Nance is only averaging 6.2 points, 4.9 rebounds. Uh, he is 28 years old, the pride of Wyoming. So, I mean, it's not like he's a young guy, right? He's not super young NBA terms, but he definitely has a little wear and tear on it. But I, I would I would prefer him. And Thad Young just, I don't know if it's a combination of him not getting the minutes in San Antonio and it's just not working. The chemistry's not there. They're younger. He's older. It's just been kind of a snoozer for him. So maybe coming to Phoenix would elevate him a little bit. I don't know. So, and Larry's a Capricorn too. So that helps. I'm a Capricorn. (laughs) Let's get him over here, huh? So after that, the next game I want to play, everybody's talking about DeAndre Ayton. Matthew touched on it. I think we all have even to some point. And I, I completely agree. I think he just needs to be more consistent if he wants to get paid that money. I don't think we have a choice. I think we're going to have to shell it out no matter what if we want to keep it together. He is only 23. I mean, the stone hands things we can talk about, not keeping it up high, not being as aggressive. So I want to play a game of who would you rather have on your team right now? salaries don't matter. Age doesn't matter. It's just for this season. Uh, so we're just going to do speed around. We're not going to go into it uh, fully all the way. We're just going to do kind of a speed around here. 
And we're going to start with kind of some of the some of the lower tier centers. So first question, who would you rather have DeAndre Ayton or Rashawn Holmes? Matthew Lissy. Oh, DeAndre Ayton. You just want simple answers, right? DeAndre Ayton. Simple answers. For simple sure, answers. Yeah. Amit. I'll trash him every Aiden. day, but DeAndre. Yeah. Ayton. JJ. <laughs> DA. All right. Who would you rather have? DA son. DeAndre Ayton <laughs> or Jonas Valanciunas? Amit, let's start with you. Ayton. Ayton still, JJ? Dia. Matthew. Ayton. All right. This Next is one. easy. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> Yusuf Nurkic or Ayton? I would go Ayton on this one. Everybody going to go Ayton? Yeah? Yes. Yes. Okay. Going to start getting a little bit more fun. DeAndre Ayton or Miles Turner? Matthew. Ayton. JJ? DA's nappy hair. <laughs> Amit. Aiden's got more potential. For sure. I completely agree there. But I love Miles, Miles Turner defense. I really yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, I am going to skip over that one because we'll all say him. Here's where it gets fun. Amit, would you rather have DeAndre Aiden or Vucevic? Aiden. He, this guy can't even play with the guards that he has on his team right now. JJ? DA for our system. Matthew. Aiden. <laughs> That's a, yeah. All right. Next one. Apparently ranked number five in centers right now. Matthew, would you rather have DeAndre Aiden or Bam Adebayo? Um, going Aiden. Amit? Why the hell? I don't know why. I don't know because I was just thinking about I, <laughs> no, I was thinking about Bam like um in the bubble, and then after that like I was like I didn't even get to watch him yet this year, so but I'm gonna go Aiden anyways. Uh, okay, Aiden seven foot, Bam I think is like six nine. I'm going Aiden. Da more, uh, more explosive, uh, better in the paint. All right, here's the next one. This is where it starts starts to get a little spicy. Amit, would you rather have DeAndre Aitman or Rudy Gobert? <laughs> Aiden all the way. He can, he can, boy. He can switch. He can switch. Out of boy, JJ. Put me on for DA. And Matthew. Going Aiden. So right now, everybody here is saying that he is a top four center in the league. I've, I've passed that, up a few yeah. names here. I passed up Clint Capella. I think we all know who we would choose. I passed up guys like Jared Allen, Christian Wood, Zubats, Steven Adams, and they just start, you know, those those names start going under. So Matthew, would you rather have Carl Anthony Towns or DeAndre Aiden? Aiden. JJ? Last year cat. But... Uh second year cat, debatable, but DA. Amit. I still go with Aiden, but I see the qualities that 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 Cat can bring to your team. I'd take Cat. Right now? I, I I I would. I believe in him. I think what happened last year and this year, he lost like his mother and I don't even know how many family members playing for Minnesota. How many coaches has he had? How many all-star players has he potentially played with and it just hasn't worked out there? Is that because of him? Is that the system? We saw what Wiggins did up there and then what he can do on a good team that has ball movement and everything. I just, I love what Cat brings to the table offensively. Defensively, we can have a legitimate conversation about that, but I would say Cat has more potential, more star potential. Mm -hmm. I definitely think that. Well, he, he's, he's already that. he's already a superstar, I think, Cat, for sure. Um, okay. Yeah. I, this is, it is tough. It is because there's those games like 
against San Antonio where you're just seeing Chris Paul talk to DA again, like from not being where he's supposed to be yeah. and dropping balls and stuff. Those are times you're like, okay, I wish we had maybe somebody else like a cat. But when you watch cat on defense, you're like, oh, I'm, I miss DA so much. You know what I mean? So, but to your point, Matthew, I think that he's on that Booker narrative where everyone said Booker can't play defense because he played in this mm-hmm. shitty system with terrible players. Yes. And I wonder if, yeah. Ka- if cat got with Monty, what would happen? And yeah, I, just, I know. That's, I know. That's a risk, yeah, right? Right. Are here, some of us are willing to take. So, yeah, dude. But I you, don't know. I don't. Cat is. I cat's a superstar, man. He is. Yeah. So, he I he's mean, a guy that can create his right? own shot. A guy that can create his own shot. That seven foot is something that we obviously don't have. I mean, I don't think. I aggressive. mean, Da is good. Yeah, aggressive. Da gets the ball in the post, and he can do a, a couple things here or there. He doesn't really mm-hmm. have a bag, if you will. Cat can get it going from outside, inside, drop 40 on you, just like we learned last year when they played us, and him and Anthony Edwards both got 40 apiece on us. He's a guy that can do that, and I just, what Amit said, I've always wondered, what if he was on a team like the Warriors, like the Suns, ball movement, everybody buying in? It's hard to count somebody out like that that's that talented. I don't think I would give up D.A., just because of where we are, we're 20 and four finals run mm-hmm. all that. I wouldn't want to break it up, but if I, if I mean, if I'm playing NBA 2k, that's definitely a move I make. And you know what? I could see that being a move. Jerry Colangelo would have made. I mean, he had the balls to pull off the Jason Kidd trade, Charles Barkley trade and all that stuff. You know, I could see something like that happening in that multiverse, but three out of four on this podcast have now said Deandre Ayton over that guy. The next two guys, I think we all know what's coming and I'm probably going to assume the answer is going to be the other guy on this one. Amit, would you rather have Deandre Ayton or Joel Embiid? I'd take Ayton. I mean, that's an easy one. He's younger and he's healthier. Wow. He's on fire. Wow. Deandre Ayton over Joel Embiid. Matthew, do you agree with his sentiments? Yeah, the injury stuff. Last year, Embiid had the chance really to run away with the MVP. Got hurt again. That was his year last year. Yeah, and yeah. You just can't trust that, man. I know Da got hurt earlier this year, but it was something minor. You don't worry about that with him. Embiid had the same issues of you know the TNT crew had to come after him to really get him to start playing hard for Embiid. Now Aiton, maybe it takes that. Maybe maybe something like that in the playoffs. But he shows up in the playoffs, man. Like I don't know. I I just I take Da for sure. JJ, I like I'm gonna take the words right out of my mouth. Um, it's it's really just health that comes uh, oh. uh, down to you know, hundred um, percent. We we lost you just for a quick second, but then you picked right back up. I think I love Joel. Uh, for me, it it has always been injuries. If injuries weren't a problem, I think everybody would probably say Joel Embiid. Absolutely, the 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 guy. The guy is absolutely insane. And maybe after Chris Paul retires, that might be the type of player we would need for this team. But with Chris Paul, I don't think that's the type of player we need. So the defending MVP, the Joker, Nikola Jokic. Matthew, would you take Aiden Jokic. or the Joker? Jokic. JJ? I'm not entirely crazy about Jokic. Um, I think if you were to drop him on the Suns team, he would significantly slow down our pace and count. Rejected. What? I, Rejected. Have you not seen him move? And like, <laughs> have you not seen have, his passing? 
yeah, his passing is good, but like, uh, like Da can de- uh, defend him, Cat can defend him, and B can defend him, and Giannis can defend him. That's true, actually. Yeah, Clint Compella yeah. runs circles around him. Nurkic uh, uh, was uh, balling him out last year, so it's just like it comes down to like, uh, are we going to rely on our shooting at the end of the day? Because if Cam's off and Mikel's off, and we're relying on Booker and CP, like, what are we going to do? So you can take your rejections back and, you know, we can talk about it later. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Rejected! Jokic slows down this team completely and, like, everyone's going to be targeting him. So, like... uh, Justin wonders, do his brothers come with him? Uh, Sadly, they would, but they would probably melt the They're a package deal. (laughs) They're They're a package deal. Amit, Joker, or D.A.? So Joker's defense is underrated this season. He's played a lot better defense. He, I think he's playing at a higher level than he did last year. His, his team sucks because there's just yeah. a lot of injuries right now. Um, I think his passing is he's probably one of the best passing big men we've seen. I think the last guy I remember is probably Vladi or, or um, Sabonis, the, 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 the dad, not the son. I mean, those are probably the best passing Arvidas. big men I've seen. Arvidas Sabonis. Um, but I'm still going DA. Dude. Da deed him up in the playoffs, single cover. Oh yeah, no double yeah. teams. He he, yeah. he owned him. So that's all I needed to see. That that was the eye test for me. Who's better? I think it comes down to everybody's personal preference on what they want to see and what kind of style of play they want. Uh, for me, I want crisp ball movement one through five. I want I want a definitive number three score. And and to me, a guy like Embiid, Joker, or Cat would be that guy. Uh, defensively, I mean, I feel like any of those guys would be able to step it up defensively, not, not to where DA is just be able to step it up playing with it. So I would, other than Embiid, I would take the other two. It's, it's impressive to see how many Suns fans are just going to say DA no matter what. And we got to pay him then. There's like no ifs, ands, or buts then. We have to pay him, and we have to find a way to get around that. And I can't wait to see what more happens with the report that came out with Sarver not too long ago because that's really going to leave a huge impact on this team. Uh, we're coming up on the hour here. So, Matthew, talk to. can you just like give us some uh, verbal diarrhea on Phoenix Sun stuff right now? What you've been seeing, what you're excited for coming up. Um they do play Boston on Friday that I get to go to, and they are currently down six in the third quarter to the Clippers. So they're playing off of a back-to-back. So they played mm-hmm. last night, they play tonight, and then Boston has to play Friday again. That's going to be pretty tiring for them. They've played two games, and we're not going to play any. So give me just some some of your generic thoughts on the Suns right now moving forward and your excitement, all that fun stuff. Um, you know, just, can we improve? I mean, you brought the consistency before with the Suns, and that's always, I think that's just something with every team. So Mm -hmm. no matter how hard I'd go at DA and how frustrated I might get after a loss or not a loss, they freaking won last game after he was just kind of miserable in that game at times, I would go after him. Even after that, I just know some players and most players actually just are inconsistent in the NBA. So that happens. But for the Phoenix Suns as a whole, I, I'm super excited because I know we're never going to get the respect because we're an unsexy team. We just play defense. We're a mid-range team. DA does not dunk it on anybody, so you're never going to have that as a highlight. Um, so you're going to have this team flying under the radar. And I think that's going to be the most exciting thing for the Suns It's because, like last year, they're flying under the radar. Why are they still not going to pick the Suns? Because... 
they got lucky, right? Last year's playoffs against the Clippers, uh, against the Lakers, they were so lucky. So now they have a chance to have the number one seed this year. Um, maybe a little bit more disrespectful, disrespected than the Utah Jazz. But I like the chances that when you fly under the radar and you don't really add anything in this trade deadline, but maybe a minor piece, that's going to keep this team humble. It's going to keep them on the right track like last year. I think you see improvements from Devin Booker heading into the playoffs. I think you see more improvements from DA, even though I give him crap. It's going to all come together in the end to where this team, even after an 18-game win streak, is going to look even better. And it's it's crazy because mm. that's what I was so excited in the beginning of this year was to watch these guys develop. And you already see Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson taking a leap. And we've seen DA have some sort of flow with his shot. So there are things there that are very, very positive. But in the end, if we can just escape some of the injuries, hopefully nothing else really goes wrong in, in that way. This team's going to be, like like I said, the best team in franchise history, historically great because of those reasons that they're flying under the radar, dude. I just think that plays a big role in it. They're just, no one really hates us. Who hates the Suns? Like, you might hate Chris Paul. A lot of people, a lot of people hate Chris Paul, but how do you hate DeAndre Aiden? How do you hate Devin Booker? Booker never says shit. He's like Bill Belichick. This team is like the Bill Belichick of the NBA where they don't say anything. They just they keep playing. They're never gonna give a team like any kind of advance of like um of something that you know they can hold a grudge against the Suns. Like, oh, we're gonna beat them because of this and that and this and that. They're not that team, and I think that's a, an advantage for the Suns. I completely under or, or I completely agree. We are flying under the radar. Uh, John just said it right there. You're right. That creates a chip on their shoulder. And if Book is gonna be compared to Kobe in any way. To me, it is that chip on his shoulder that he has. I love when he played the Lakers earlier this year. And you guys remember when when Russ did this? Yeah. And then Book, Book yep. waited until a few what? Two minutes the into the qu- first quarter. <laughs> yeah, a few minutes into the first quarter. Everybody, we were down like eight or nine or something early. And then that lead just went away real quick. And then in the fourth quarter, Book comes up and does this. In game six, Jay Crowder does this or his salsa stuff. You know what I mean? Like they mm-hmm. they take the humble route. You're completely right. They keep that chip. They fly under the radar. They do what they're supposed to do. And I love Mikhail Bridges' answer. Like, we don't give a fuck. We don't, we don't care. Don't give a damn what anybody else says. And, you know, I said before the season, the Phoenix Suns have nothing to prove to anybody in the league. There's not a single coach, player, or anybody that is surprised at this point by them. It's all the national media. It's all how much you actually pay attention. Um, Ahmed, give me some of your thoughts on the team right now as well, too, and then we'll we'll get out of here uh, soon. Yeah, no, I think um, I think we're you know I I, I like that we're under the radar. Um, I don't want to gas them up too much. I mean, this team is coming off a finals run. They you know they read everything. Like there's no way that they're not reading the stuff that they're saying about Kendall mm-hmm. Jenner and Booker or like CP3 and whatever, right? So th- they're under the radar. They need to stay there. They need to s- stay focused. I think they need oh, well. to intimidate teams more. I think like they need to have some 30 point blowouts. And the problem is last year we would get a 25 point lead and then we'd end up losing the game somehow. Like we did that several times at the beginning of the season, not towards the end. We'd find a way to kind of close it out. I think we need to just put teams away and they need to see Cam Johnson come in in the second unit and drop 30 on them and be like, oh shit, these guys are for real. You know what I mean? So Um, I I think, 
I th- I think part of that goes to what you said earlier, though, dude, is that second unit being more consistent and yeah. injuries have hurt that. I mean, JaVale had to uh, start a game or two. Kaminsky was in there doing some weird things and then he's out. Nader was in there and then he's out. And now we're having to play Ish Wainwright, Shamit starting. So it's like not like they've had consistency yeah. on that second yeah. unit. So I think that's part of it. Yeah, I mean, we got and, and there's plenty of time. I mean, we got 60 plus games or whatever, 60 games, whatever's left in the season to to fix that. I think. You know, we the, the the difference now this season and the last season is that teams are yeah your water bottle. I thought you were drinking like I thought there's a wine bottle in there or something. You're just swigging directly from. I think that because of the plan now, there's a lot more teams that have more to lose than previously. So we're seeing a lot more effort from teams that would usually tank but now have to play harder, mm-hmm. and so that it closes the gap a little bit on that margin of error that we have for victory. But I mean, you know, the things that we're talking about are like tinkering on, on little things like this team has already proven they're, they have the best record in the NBA. They've already proven that through this season with adding two pieces and losing Javon Carter, losing Torrey Craig, that they can put it together. Like we have the 10th pick. We can't even play that guy. He's like worthless at this point. Like that tells you how solid this team is. Um, and so we haven't even seen the full potential of the guys that we already have. And we've seen what Booker and Chris Paul and Aiden can do in the playoffs already. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm excited for the season. I am too. And real quick, a uh, score update with about 40 seconds left. The Warriors are up 10 on the Blazers who don't have Dame or CJ right now. And uh, Clippers Trade's coming uh, huh? It's probably. I think. I think be. a trade's coming. Yeah, for that. Something's yeah. happening soon. Yeah. And at the end of the third, the Clippers are up ten on the Celtics right now. JJ, give give me another take for you, and then we'll close it out here. Uh, just to keep it simple, uh, this uh, uh, 2021 2022 team is better than last year's. Oh, hang on, I have the hostess at Oregano's in a call. I'm outside of Oregano's because of my background. Because of his stupid comments. For those listening, Matthew's awesome green screen, which I assume that he has now, uh, is just a brick wall behind him. And so, <laughs> John, the other the other wonderful host on Suns Jam session, and uh, Justin have been dogging him a little bit on here, looking like he's at oregano's with that background. But yeah. Anyways, JJ, go on. <laughs> uh, yeah, like like I was saying, uh, uh, this Be team nice. is better than last year's team. Uh, we have proved and in the size and then we approved our uh our second unit uh our bench is going to improve throughout the year as long as we stay healthy uh we can score just about in any way in and every way uh this this team is just dangerous and the only team that can really match up with us on the west coast at least is the warriors and i think we can run circles around them if we're fully healthy and uh shit i'll i'll, I'll get cocky right now i think we can like uh f- a five game series i think uh, we, we can beat them uh, for sure uh, with them being at home as well. So uh, I like the confidence. That's confident. Hey, hey, you were right. You were right on the Cardinals. You were dead on with the Cardinals, by the way. So I'm not even going to pick against you at this point. Uh, but yeah, uh, just overall, this team's better. And I think we're just going to get better uh, throughout the year. Um, like, even though I get annoyed uh, that uh, sports media doesn't talk about us like that, I, what made me more comfortable is what uh, Colin Cowherd said, you know, talking about yeah. like, just like uh, they're sort of forced to talk about these big market teams, but 
Like you, you gotta acknowledge teams when they are good, and they were forced. Like you can kind of think of us in that Utah situation for the last couple of years. You know, like oh, they have the record, but like you know, but the Lakers, you know, but like the Suns and Golden State now are are high caliber teams, and uh, we're we're gonna take that throne off what the Nets are doing and what the Lakers are doing, and and like they're not even talking about Milwaukee like that. So it kind of shows. Just kind of like right. everyone's perspective of everything that's going on right now. But as soon as Booker comes back, we're going to get back to our full form. And if we can get Tory Craig back, we're just going to get better. And uh, if DA just performs the way that he did last year in the playoffs, like it, if he shows up at big moments, it's like it's hard to like not pay pay the dude if he does that consistently uh, in, in the big games when we need him. Uh, and um, yeah, like even in uh, big regular season matchups, you know, he was like uh, he was decent in that uh, first Golden State meetup. And I guarantee once we go against like the Sixers or Milwaukee, he's going to have a great game in those because that's exactly what he did last year. So uh, at this point, we're nitpicking. Uh, but, you know, this team's great. Probably my favorite Suns team to date. I like uh, I, I'm just excited for the rest of the season. So. Where does the big so, keep going? Ahmed, sorry. <clears throat> what is he? What is what's going on? I don't that? know. He just he just disappears sometimes, and we and we love him for it when he decides to join <laughs> us. So. Um, the one thing about DeAndre Ayton that nobody else mm-hmm. can say is that in big games he has consistently showed up. He showed up every single game in the bubble. He showed up and showed out in the playoffs. So. That's why I also want to keep him here is because of his big game presence, if you will. A few other notes before we close out here. Big game for Arizona State basketball tomorrow night against GCU with two former Arizona State players coming back in Tayshaun Sherry and Holland Woods, who played for them last year. Transferred out uh, through the portal to GCU. They're going back. It's going to be a big game. Uh, Everybody get out there and support them. Next Wednesday, we are going to have a Sun Devils roundtable. And we're going to be talking about the... I don't know what the hell you call this dumpster fire that's going on in Arizona State football right now. But we're going to break down the bowl game as well, too. The Vegas Bowl against Wisconsin. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to try to get with you guys on Sunday night. I'm going to be staying in Phoenix finally. Woo, woo. But I'm staying with my dad who's in his 60s, and he probably has dial-up internet still. So I really don't know what the uh, probability of me being able to do anything out there is. Either way, I'm hoping uh, my co-host will back me up if I get everything up and going for them. So it's fun. Sports are fun. This team is fun. This team is elite. This team has the chance to get 63 wins, which would be the best mark in Suns history. This team has a chance, a very good chance to go to -to back-to-back finals. If we beat everybody out of the West, even if there's injuries, I don't know if anybody can say otherwise about our team. I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. But I told everybody when the pot or when the podcast started and when the sun season started, don't talk to me until Christmas. Once we get to Christmas, the real season starts. And we're really, really going to find out who is who. We're going to start seeing teams turn it on. And by the end of January... There will be separation because if you look in the standings right now in the middle of the East, it's just a bunch of muck right there from about four through 12. 
Uh, in the West, it's a little more clear, especially up at the top. Jazz seemed like they got a pretty good hold, hold on the number three seed. I mean, you got so many guys out with COVID right now. Jalen Brown is out, by the way. He's probably not going to be playing against us on Friday. But John Morant just tested for COVID. A bunch of Philly players had it. That's kind of running rampant right now as well. So hopefully they can get a hold of that so we can see teams at full strength. But it's fun right now. Personally, Phoenix Suns fans, enjoy not getting all of the hubbub like the Lakers are. Enjoy that chip on your shoulder. Enjoy the buildup to the games. Don't be nervous for them. Enjoy that buildup because it's been a while. We had last season, of course, but I think last season was more prove it. This year is all about business. We're going to close it out with our words of wisdom, but we're just going to let one famous celebrity on this panel here today give out some words of wisdom. So, Matthew, at the end of every <laughs> at the end of every podcast, I just say yeah. give us give some words of wisdom to us dying Phoenix. I guess in this case, Phoenix Suns fans, what words of wisdom do you have for us? Is this like serious? Like I have to give something the motivational talk right now, or is this like uh, whatever you want to say, man? Whatever I want to say that's on your mind. Yeah. Just just a little, just a little something upbeat for us. What do you have? I love to put you on the spot oh, like this. Oh man, you know what? I my mind is blank right now, but I have to give go with your oregano's um, order. <laughs> dude, I, nice, in the nice. whole podcast, I keep laughing because of fucking John, dude. Uh, Where's the wisdom? Uh, don't ever go to Oregano's and reserve a table for one. That's very sad. I mean, you can go there and mm. try to meet someone on a date and get stood up. That might be a little bit more um, acceptable, but um, make sure to never go eat somewhere. Actually, I went to, this is my words of wisdom, right? This is what you get. Cracker Barrel, and there was an old man sitting there by himself and ate his whole dinner, and I thought that was probably the cutest thing ever. So that's accept, That's okay. But yeah, don't go eat by yourself at Oregano's. Or was Not I just supposed to say go home and love your family? Was that it? Go home and love your family. That, that's what John said. Go. Absolutely. There we go. Matthew. Was that helpful you. to anybody out there? <laughs> that was helpful to all of us out there. Don't go to Oregano's. If nothing else, go across the street to Jack in the Box or something, right? Yeah, we're yeah, going to get Olive Garden as a sponsor here. Olive Garden? <laughs> no. No. Garden no. Is, I, I, it's underrated. At the I'm Italian good. Denny's? No, I'm cool, dude. The Italian Denny's? The Italian Denny's, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Matthew, this has been yeah. a lot of fun on He's on Fire podcast, episode 30, you guys. I can't believe we're already there. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back with you guys on Sunday. If not, for sure, next Wednesday. Big game coming up Friday night. He's on Fire podcast. Thanks for listening again. Good night. See you guys. Oh, and it is caught. Dude, it's strong.